Hey friends, welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. Before we get into today's episode, I got to tell you about a fun new way that we can potentially work together for a limited time. Right now, we are doing lemonade calls. Lemonade calls are a limited time pop-up and they're currently available to book between December 29th, 2023 and January 9th, 2024 if you're listening to this in real time. As I mentioned, it's a way for us to work together unlike anything that I've ever offered before and it's especially for you if you like my content and the overall vibe here. Maybe you want to connect and get some coaching, but you aren't in the market for a personal trainer or an online strength training program at the moment. I know that not everyone wants lemonade made out of their lemons, but maybe you do. Lemonade calls are for you if you're an action-oriented person. One thing about me is that I am resourceful as fuck. So if you tell me something can't be done, I'm going to come up with 20 different ways that it can be. My natural tendency is to find the silver lining in situations. But let's be clear, I'm not bringing toxic positivity to your coaching calls. So I'm here to hold space for whatever lemony shit you want to bring me. And we're going to figure out a game plan to make it less shitty together. If you want to sign up for one, go to the link in the show notes and book your lemonade call today. Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher, and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here, so grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. Today I am back with my client, Steph, who was actually on the podcast before in season one. Our episode is called Badassery as a Core Value. For the life of me, I do not remember what number episode that was. I'm terrible at remembering numbers. I could look it up, but I'll just tell you, go back to season one. That was a great episode and I decided to have her come on back today based on some of the conversations that we've been having in our one-on-one sessions recently. So Steph is a long-term client and previous podcast guest who is a new mental health professional. When she went back to school to become a clinical social worker, our conversations during her training sessions with me would often land on topics that explored the intersection of mental health and exercise. And so this episode was born out of those conversations. We cover how and why she finds this particular therapeutic approach called internal family system useful in her work with clients and how it's helped her to better understand her own journey out of diet culture and to develop a different relationship with exercise. Before we jump into the conversation, she also wants to note, as do I, that this is an informal discussion about mental health and that it's intended to be 
used for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used or considered mental health advice and or treatment. So keep that in mind as we go through. But I am very excited to share this conversation with you today because as I mentioned, as Steph has started to explore internal family systems in her own work as a new therapist, we've been talking a lot about how this comes up a lot When it comes to mental health and exercise, but also I think in the anti-diet space, one thing that comes up for a lot of us are these different parts of us that maybe have conflicting views, like the part of you that knows that you no longer want to chase intentional weight loss or subscribe to conventional beauty standards, but also you still kind of wish you would lose weight just a little bit or get excited when you do. Or you might be feeling conflicted by the idea that intense exercise can sometimes be used as a method of compensation or seen as disordered. And also it might be true for you that you really enjoy intense exercise and it's good for your mental health. There are also parts that might come up where you're like, oh, I really want to work out today, but also I'm feeling like maybe I should rest. And these parts of us get in conflict. And so we talk a lot about this particular method and how she uses it, how you might um, explore it to uh, just better understand yourself and not only how you relate to exercise and movement, but how you relate to yourself and the world at large. So consider this episode, just a little taste of that. And then also near the end, spoiler alert, I let Steph IFS me on the spot on the episode. And uh, it was kind of an interesting experience. And we go into some of the stuff that I've been thinking about internally. It goes in a direction that I would not have expected the conversation to go, but I'm sharing it anyway, y'all, putting it out on the internet, because um, my hope is for you to just get a taste of what this might be like for you if you choose to work with somebody on it. So I hope you really love the episode. Let's go talk to Steph. Hey, Steph, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Jenna. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) I am so glad to have you here yet again. If those of you who listen have not heard previous episodes, Steph was actually on last season. She is one of my clients. And our first episode, I believe it was called Badassery as a Core Value. It was. Was I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was talking about um your journey through um training with me and what you've learned about yourself along the way. And we've been continuing that uh client coach relationship and also I would say a very friendly relationship over, you know, the past few years. And we've been coming to have some really interesting conversations during our training sessions that I continue to be like. All the people need to know. It's so good. And so today we're going to be talking about IFS, which is short for internal family systems, correct? Yes, correct. And that's something that I feel like if you're anywhere in the mental health space or you're in therapy, it's something that you might have heard about before. And we're going to dive into that because we found a lot of interesting parallels between that and how it might apply to the way that we relate to exercise and movement and training. So I'm excited. Steph, do you want to tell us exactly what is IFS? 
Yeah, sure. So um, internal family systems is uh, a therapeutic intervention. Um, it's evidence-based uh, and it's something that really got its start in the like therapy world. And now it's kind of expanding into all different areas. So like coaching and education and all sorts of activism, all sorts of things. Um, and so the core concepts behind it are uh, that it believes that we are all made of parts, that we all have parts or aspects of our personality um, that is not like we have multiple personality disorder or something like that. That's like super mainstream or common, but that we all have these different aspects of our personality and that that is normal and natural uh, and that each of those parts has a job that they do for us and that they're useful and, and beneficial to us, but that along the course of our life, sometimes they get wounded or because of things that happened to us in childhood, particularly, they get stuck in sort of these different roles than they would like to be in. Um, and that is when we start to notice things that might be considered like mental health diagnoses, right? Mm -hmm. um, or things that we feel frustrated by in our lives, or we just don't, we just don't understand why we're acting this way, or why this is happening, or why this keeps happening in our lives. And so that is a, the, the, the model believes that that's a, a result of these parts getting hurt and burdened along the way, and then they get stuck in these roles. They're trying to keep us safe. They're trying to protect us. They're trying to prevent bad things from happening again, um, but they've just kind of lost their way. So that's sort of like the first part um, of internal family systems. And then the second part, which is kind of the most important part, is it also believes that we all have a self. So I, it's kind of self capital S mm -hmm. where um, each of us has a self that is wise and healing and has the power to sort of unburden these parts of ourselves and to develop a better and more amicable, more, more copacetic uh, relationship with all of our different parts. Um, yeah. And so, and everyone has a self, even if they don't think that they do. Um, the research shows that everyone has one deep down in there. It just might be hiding because of the things you've experienced or not hiding, but it might be um, not accessible to you in every moment, um, but that or, it's there and it it's wonderful and it can heal. <laughs> so. Or like the other parts are being bossy maybe. Absolutely. Yes. Like a little too other, loud. Yes. The other parts have um have forgotten or don't know that that yourself is there to help them. So a lot of times our parts are a lot younger um than we are because yeah. they experienced tough stuff when we were when we were younger. And so they just aren't aware that there's this other adult human self that's there that can help them <laughs> with these tough things that they're trying to battle. Okay. And you know what I immediately think of when I think of these parts and we might go off on a tangent, but I feel like that is what we do best. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot about different things that I experience with my clients or that I hear my clients talk about. Um, the one thing being, I want to work out, but I can't seem to get into XYZ habit, or I can't seem to, you know, do this thing consistently on my own, even though I know that I really want to. Or another one that I hear is the fuckery that comes up around weight loss when you've like let go of diet culture, especially when there's like an experience where you maybe accidentally lose weight mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm happy about this. But I don't want to be happy about this. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, that's a that's another great part or another great um, 
consideration or interpretation, I suppose, because parts can have conflicting beliefs and conflicting jobs, right? So you could have a part that is feels that it's its job to have you conform to societal standards and that that's really important and that's how you're the safest. And then you could also have another part that is that thinks that subscribing to anything related to diet culture is an abomination and that diet culture should die and that you can't be a part of any of it. Both of those parts could exist inside of you at the same exact time and they can hold different beliefs. And of course they're going to get into conflict with one another because they're very different, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of us have never thought about it in this way. So can you tell me a little bit more about um, how you use IFS as a therapist, um, how do you feel like it helps people, particularly in these sorts of situations? Sure. Yeah. So uh, it's actually, it's usually, so I guess the first thing I want to say is, so this is, I use this as a therapist, but I also use it in my own personal therapy. And so that's kind of another core component. Most therapists that use IFS are doing some sort of IFS work themselves because we believe that it's kind of all part of the same journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the reason that I use it and I think it's really useful is that it really celebrates individuality and the unique experience and makeup of each individual person. So the philosophy is that each person is the expert on their parts. And my job is to just kind of get helping them get to know themselves and their parts and helping them find themselves capital S. Um mm-hmm. And really, it's just, it's like a guided, a guide, a guiding of someone to doing that self discovery. And so to me, that's where real meaningful improvement or change can come from is when you get to know yourself better, because then when you're in a tough situation, you have that, you have that information, you have that knowledge, you have that foundation. And that to me is a much more sustainable method of change and a sustainable, more sustainable way of of living, right? Yeah. If, yeah. You hold that information or that, that knowledge. So, so do you yeah. feel that this is something that like, once you learn about it or, well, first of all, let me backtrack for a something for, <laughs> let me try that again. Let's back up for a second. I'm sure. getting ahead of myself here. Um, is this something you mentioned that therapists use it, but also um, that there are some coaches that use it? Are there certain people that are like qualified to be using this? Like it's within their scope of practice and like some people that are maybe like sketchy and grifty and not <laughs> using it right. Just so that we make sure that we're not getting like sucked into some scammy part of the coaching industry, which we all know that um, can be kind of rampant. Totally. Yeah. So this is a great question. So Yes, therapists use it. Yes, coaches use it. Um, there are aspects of the model that are encouraged that anyone can use, okay. right? And that that you could use for yourself and you can explore for yourself. So, I'll Jenna, I'll send you some resources of like books or websites and things like that that are from the kind of source. So this yeah. is a methodology that was created by a man named Dick Schwartz, um, mm-hmm. and he is is a big proponent of like this reaching as many people as possible. He's actually quite um, generous with with that and encouraging of people to explore this as a tool that they could use for themselves yeah. or, or with others. Okay. Um, that being said, there are specific trainings that someone needs to go through in order to be considered certified mm-hmm. um, or like trained. Um, so I'm actually in the, in the process of going through that myself. So okay. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm in the process of, of doing that. Um, and so there are some aspects of the work 
some aspects of healing related, uh, you know, related to how you might um, unburden some of these parts from the tough stuff that they've experienced. And those kinds of things you would only want to do with someone's help, most likely, and with someone, if they said they were doing this work, that had been certified and trained. Yeah, because we mentioned when you talked about this before, that especially if you've experienced any sort of trauma in your life, that like some of this can kind of get like dark and freaky. Yeah, so well, yes, so the experience of it can be that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, with a with a well, an appropriately or officially trained person, uh, exploring that feels a a lot less scary. And so that's why it's important to, if you are trying to dig into some of those deeper experiences to, to probably, it would be wise to make sure that the person was trained, but also a lot of people do this work on their own and kind of use it as a self-exploration. And so, um, yeah, so when it comes to working with someone, I would definitely, there, there is a certification and you, you could definitely make sure that that someone has that. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. So how might we use it on ourselves uh, to better understand ourselves and get to where we want to go? Maybe a good example would be, um, I know you mentioned that you use it on yourself or you have, Mm -hmm. would you be comfortable giving an example of how that might play out? And you say you're in the middle of your day, in the middle of your day, you're about to do something. Part of you Mm -hmm. wants to do this. The other part of you wants to do that, how you kind of talk through it. Sure, sure. Yeah. So the one thing I will say, too, is that um, so it's super normal for some people to find it difficult to do on their own. Mm. And then other people find it find it easy to do on their own. And so it just depends. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely something you could explore for yourself. But so for me personally, the way that I do the work best is with someone else. Mm -hmm. So even even though I do this work with other people, yeah, I still find it hard to hold the space for myself to do kind of like how trainers still need trainers. (laughs) Exactly. Coaches needing coaches. Yes. (laughs) And then there's other people and other therapists who find, you know, can, can do this work themselves. And so Um, and there's, you know, there's gray areas in between that too. So I'll just say that, but, Mm -hmm. um, so for me, and then once you are doing the work with someone or on your own, it's, it's kind of like a cumulative, more like a momentum thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) So once you start having these experiences where you're like, oh, I recognize this is a part of me and I'm actually having this dialogue with this part of me, Mm -hmm. um, and then all also, then there's this other part of me that has a different perspective and I'm having dialogue with this perspective or uh-huh. this other part of me. So, so that's really how it looks to me. Like if I'm in a situation and I'll just use like, do I want to work out today or not? Uh-huh. Right. Because yeah. that's, that's something that is a, a regular occurrence for me where I've seen this be useful is just kind of taking a moment and slowing down. And as you have encouraged many of your listeners and tough love strength club members or sorry, kind of all social members. Yeah. <laughs> um, just getting curious, right? So yeah. one of the getting curious finding, trying to find within yourself energy, compassion for these different aspects of yourself and trying to understand more about where they came from and why they hold these beliefs and what they're trying to do for you. Right. Because each of them has a, has a concern and they feel like completely different, desperate, you know, concerns in a lot of instances, but 
what the model typically finds is that each of those concerns is protective in some way, uh-huh. right? So they're each of those ideas, I should definitely work out or I absolutely can't work out. Each of those is a parts way of trying to protect you somehow, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Or trying to like do what's best for you somehow. <laughs> sure. Um, and so, so really it's like a, a, an exercise in getting curious and trying to like talk to each of them and also hold your own goals and values while you're listening to each of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A little rambling. Yeah, (laughs) it does. And when it comes to, um, I guess like exercise, um, and doing so in anti-diet capacity, how do you think this comes into play for, I, I guess for a lot of us, like what are some of the common things that you see coming up for people? Like part of me wants X and the other part of me wants Y. Mm. Yeah. So I think I'll use myself as another example, if that's okay, because mm-hmm. I, I like to hold true that everybody's parts are different. And so uh, you might find similarity in the parts I'm about to describe and you might not, and that's perfectly fine. So, um, but for me, I, I had this part of me that was, that really had a lot of control in my life when I was trying to diet and I was trying to exercise to lose weight and change my body. And that this, this part I've learned was trying to make sure that I conform to societal standards because Uh it wanted me to be accepted. It wanted me to get love and appreciation and admiration from people. It, it, it wanted all of those things for me. And it thought that the best way to do that was to make sure that my body appeared in a way that was acceptable, quote unquote, right. Uh To the world. Um, And then at some point in my journey, I got to the point where I started to recognize that this was actually really detrimental to me and really harmful to me. And so a different part of me um, sort of uh, found this anti-diet world and this, you know, body acceptance space and kind of glommed onto that and attached to that and was like, oh, we have to get stuff out of this. That's the way that we keep her safe right now. And so the pendulum kind of swung all the way back the other way. And Uh it was like, screw diets. Like I shouldn't move at all. Right. I can't, I can't exercise at all. I need to not do anything that might be trying to restrict food or change my body. Like, Uh so completely the opposite. Um, and so when I experience this, should I, or shouldn't I, both of those parts have something to say about that decision because they both were involved in a thought about exercise before, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so where I'm finding a bit more nuance now is that I I understand what each of them was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand what each of them still still wants to do sometimes. Uh and if I'm able to hear each of them and give voice to each of their concerns, a lot of times they quiet down and they have less strong or or not as not as adamant positions about what I should do or not. And then I get to make the choice. I, Steph, get to make the choice. Okay. And when I'm thinking about like that I, that self, I was thinking as you were talking about this, about how perhaps there's another like third part. And you tell me maybe this is its own separate part, or maybe this is the like self part Mm -hmm. that is thinking, okay, but I also want to get some exercise in today because it's good for my mental health, because it helps me regulate my nervous system, because it helps me to be able to do other things that I love to do in my life. All of that, like there's this other part, I think that sometimes gets drowned out 
for a lot of us. And then we don't trust that part. At least I think a lot of us don't trust that part. And we assume that it doesn't really have genuine intentions in those other benefits and that it's just like, you know, diet culture trying to claw you back down. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So it, I think that that, that could be another part or that could be self, that could be you. Um, mm-hmm. Only, only you would know. Um, and you know, the model teaches you how to, how to know that. So I'm not going to get into that now, but um, yeah. So only you would know that. Um, and what you're describing oh, and the other thing people have like tons of parts right yeah. so like there some people have you know 20 and some people have five that they have awareness of but everyone's different right every system is different <laughs> um so yeah so absolutely you could have a third part that is like oh but i see the middle ground and i'm really concerned about you know jenna's jenna's mental health or steph's mental health and that each of those other parts that i just described probably does not get along with the part that likes moderation or that enjoys movement because of the mental benefits that it gives you. So those parts can be in conflict with one another as well. Right. And so this, the sort of like little dynamic plays out over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm wondering now, is it possible that like different parts are like created over time? Like as you like learn more and experience more? Yeah. So the philosophy is that you have all of these parts when you're born, you have all these aspects of yourself when you're born, but that throughout time, their jobs and their roles change because of what happens, because of what happens to you. Right. Um, And that if each of the parts hadn't been burdened, that they would have a normal, like not, I don't like normal, um, that they would have a inherently joyful and useful job that still helps the person be the person that they are. Right. So, yeah. It's not, so it's possible that, uh, you have a part that doesn't feel burdened, right. That just mm-hmm. is, is a part that does something really good for you, which is looks out for your mental health. Right. That's, yeah. That's, and so yeah. the idea behind this is that we kind of like get to know those parts and understand them and maybe get them to be a little bit less activated. The ones that are, I'm going to call them bossy for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. And then we can finally tune into our true self Mm -hmm. and, um, and what's really important to us, which I think is like such a cornerstone of what I try to coach and something when I hear you talk about this, I think of actually a different way that I've personally experienced these different parts. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been like in becoming an anti-diet fitness professional, like going from somebody who was very much laced in that, like we work out to lose weight and aesthetics and food restriction and uh, you know, just like the most toxic parts of like wellness culture and all of that. And then coming out to the anti-diet part where I feel like a lot of us, when we get into that, we just believe everything that, you know, the most popular anti-diet dietitian or therapist or whoever uh, just wrote a book or whatever, whatever they're saying is the thing. And this was true for me. And I don't know if this was true at all for you. Um, I feel like there was this little part of me when I first started getting into this work as a trainer that I was like, no, that's not true. Even though there were, you know, therapists on this side or uh, dietitians on this side, and perhaps like also me projecting that onto myself or projecting that onto them rather that we're saying like, 
if you like intense exercise, that you have to be disordered. And I'm like, oh, that must be true. But then I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I really don't think it is. And I think that was that was a big internal struggle for me for a long time is figuring out like what I actually believe and then having the courage to say it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like I had a similar, a similar thing where that that part that got me out of dieting, right, mm-hmm. and got me out of of exercising solely to change my body, uh, it had to borrow ideas from other people for a while. Yeah, right. And so it was like looking, looking. It knew that that the uh, the place that I was was dangerous, and so it mm-hmm. was like we have to pull the like escape chute, right? So we we don't know enough. That, that other part is so powerful that we need to like use other other people's ideas and other people's philosophies. And we need to use this other extreme because that's the only way we're going to be able to get out of this. Oh my God. Um, and I'm yeah. thinking about the way in which some people I see, especially on the internet, getting really militant mm-hmm. about their beliefs in the beginning um, yeah. and like not being able to see like any gray area in between. Um, and that's perhaps that part of that person. I'm almost like I'm having compassion for these people that piss me off yeah. on the internet right now <laughs> who are clawing on to anything they can hang on to for dear life so that they don't get sucked back in. And Absolutely. in a way, I have to imagine, wow, that almost probably keeps us stuck doing things that maybe don't make us feel well. Mm-hmm. For example, the like no movement at all, which I know does not make a lot of people feel well, or maybe it's like eating a bunch of foods that don't necessarily make you feel well or you don't even like because you know, like for the love of God, like I don't feel good when I eat 12 donuts, but at least it's not kale. So I need to like, <laughs> yeah, like hang on and cling on for dear life so I don't slip back into this destructive place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it's all like, it's, it's, it's protection, right? It's like this part feels that this is the only way to keep you safe. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's also why I'm sure that I know that a lot of people have experienced this who are in similar situations as we're talking or in similar groups or circles where it can, especially when you first start, it can be really hard to be around other people who are stuck in the, when the old part was taking over, right? So when yeah. the diet culture part is taking over, taking over someone, it can be really hard if you're you're at the other part, you're at the liberated part. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard to be around them. Yeah, <laughs> right. It can feel really, really uncomfortable. Um, but then you also the other thing that I just want to say about what you just said, which is really beautiful and a real core principle of IFS, is when one of the ways you can know you're in self energy is because you have access to compassion for nuance. And that you can, you can, the self has the ability to hold seemingly conflicting truths as true at the same time. And it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel stressful. It just, you know, when you have that moment of like, oh, this is tough. Yeah. Yeah, This is tough. And it's hard to, it's hard to navigate a world, the world that we're living in, in a way that feels good sometimes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh my God. That, that actually makes me feel like in spite of the fact that everything feels fucked right now (laughs) in so many ways, like maybe I'm in a better place than I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. So the, the solution in IFS is not 
the absence of parts. Yeah. And it's not the removal of of difficult memories. Uh-huh. It's the ability to experience the activation and to move through it in a way that feels okay, right? To like experience the activation and then to be able to find yourself and be like, yep, of course this is activating to me given what I've been through, right? Yeah. 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 That's not the goal isn't that I never feel activated by diet culture or I never feel activated by exercise ever again. Mm-hmm. It's it's that I develop a different relationship with those aspects of myself based on the history that I've had. Right. Do we want to talk through an example? Like, do you want to IFS me? That <laughs> sure. <laughs> I am. I'm thinking about, I don't know if you listen to, um, to, uh, we can do hard things. Glennon Doyle's yes. podcast oh, yes, where yes. they had, um, Martha I forget. Beck. Yeah. Came yeah. on and IFS <laughs> sister. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So Martha's a great example of an IFS coach, right? She's not yeah. a therapist, but she uses it in her, her coaching. Yeah. Got yeah. It. So yeah. Um, yes, I can certainly try. I just, I just caveat to, again, a few caveats. Number one, um, everyone is different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number two, I'm still in, in training, but we, I am comfortable keeping some guardrails in place for us, but I'd be happy to. <laughs> okay. Do you so. think it would be helpful? Like, I don't know exactly how this works. Do we want to talk about like a past example of me that might be more relevant to some of my listeners, or do we want to come up with something that's like present and in the moment? Um, Mm, And I will, I will say this with the like full knowledge to anybody that's listening. I don't feel like I am a person who has had anything that like capital T traumatizing happen Mm. to me. In my life, I feel like um, I feel pretty confident that we're not going to uncover anything too dark and scary, just maybe slightly fucked. We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I would defer to you and what you think is relevant. Often when we go back to when we try to go back to something or we try to do something in more of a demo, current stuff comes up anyway. So Uh (laughs) um, it's up to you and, and just your willingness and your comfort comfort level. So I'll let you choose which you prefer to do. Both are anything is fine with me. Okay. Um, why don't, I, I feel like there are parts of this that are kind of like currently true, but in a different flavor, um, that tend to come up again and again, which is, um, like, is this anti-diet expert who's mm-hmm. been doing this work longer than I am right? Mm-hmm. Or am I the expert mm-hmm. on me and what I believe and what I have to say? Mm, okay. So, um, so throughout this whole exercise, uh, you'll hear me saying, does that sound right? And if it doesn't, you, you get to say, right. So I okay. welcome anyone correcting me at any time, any parts of you correcting me at any time. Got it. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's, I'm, what I'm hearing is that there's a part of you who it's kind of like this filter of information where you see something or hear something or listen to something and it part, it piques your interest. And then there's this, this part of you tries to figure out if this is something you believe in or if you disagree because you have a different perspective. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So first, is there, how, how do you experience this part? Is there a physical sensation when you know it's there or is it thoughts or images? Um, okay. It kind of comes up in my throat. Is that weird? Okay. No, it's not weird. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there's this part in your throat that is trying to 
to filter, to decipher, right? To determine something when it sees information, particularly in the anti-diet anti space. Yes. And also um, a filter where it feels like it needs to filter my mouth. Mm, oh, okay. And so, what I say. Mm, so it's trying to make a determination to know how you should respond. Is that right? Uh, yes. How I should okay. respond or if it's not a responsive thing, like say I'm creating content, mm -hmm. how I should say something or how I should mm. say something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so does this part, uh, does this part always get activated in response to seeing something else? Or does it sometimes get activated when you're thinking about saying something? I almost feel like at this point in my life, it gets activated more when I'm thinking about saying something because I'm not sure mm -hmm. if saying that thing makes me an asshole. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. So, so is this right? This part has experienced a reaction to other people saying things and therefore it is now monitoring how you say things. It, this part has experienced a reaction. Um, can you say that one more time? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm curious if this part, because this part has experienced a reaction to other people saying things in this space that may, may be positive or negative, that then it has this awareness that other people might react to what you say. Yes. And it's okay. it's more or less like having seen somebody else say something and then having somebody else that I maybe look up to or respect, um, like, like call them out on it or say that it was wrong or, um, that that can't be true or whatever. And then me being like, Ooh, I kind of disagree there, but like, does that make me the asshole? Mm, I see. I see. Okay. So, so this part, uh, this part, has is is really kind of like hyper vigilant about when people speak and what other people's reactions are about yeah. about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to check in. How are you feeling towards this part right now? Um I the part I think I wish that she would speak up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And trust so, herself a little bit more. Mm, okay. So it sounds like there's another part that has some opinions about this part in your throat. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So would it be okay with that part that has opinions? Would it be okay with it if it just took a step back and waited in the waiting room while we talk to the part in your throat? We just are curious to hear what the throat part has to say. Um. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Great. Well, I appreciate it stepping back. <laughs> and then again, just, just sensing into how you're feeling, Jenna, towards the part in your throat. Um, and the part in my throat is the part that wants to hold back. Mm, yeah. Or that is um, the, the, the hyper aware part of what people say and how people react. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and how is that part feeling? How are you feeling towards that part? I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like that part's like, not necessarily useful anymore mm. in the ways that it might have been before. Mm. So I'm curious if that other part has come back out of the waiting room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So again, if we're just we're just curious what the 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 part in Genesert has to say, we're not we're not making any deals with it. We're not gonna 
We're not going to give it any special permissions or anything like that. We're okay. just curious. Yeah. Um, I think the part, the part in generous throat has um, good intentions mm. um, and wants, not only wants to protect me, but also maybe protect others um, because there is this fear of um, like not just being an asshole or being perceived as an asshole, but about genuinely causing harm because I get it wrong. Mm, okay. And is this, is this the part in your throat that's talking now? You can just sense it. You could try asking it. Is this what you think? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Great. Great. So, so this part has a big concern about less of a concern about people having opinions, but a big concern about something that you say may be doing harm. Yes. Like yeah. it, it's less about like, what if, what if they're right? Because there are people who um, might say something, for example, that I disagree with, like all intense exercise is disordered. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And they could come back to me and tell me that I'm wrong. And I would be like, I don't really care what you think because mm -hmm. I don't agree with you. Um, but there's also this part of me that's like, oh, what if they are right and we're causing massive damage? And I think that's that little part in my throat. Mm, I see. I see. So I just want to, I just want to check. Is the, the part that has opinions about the throat part talking to, and it's fine if it is. I think we're hearing from both of them, but I want to check. Mm. You can just ask. Them. I think I think it was just talking. Um, it it was talking a little bit, but I think that the part about the part about genuinely not wanting to cause harm is the throat part. It's the throat part. Okay. Yeah. 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 So again, is it okay with that that other part if it just steps back again? Yeah. We just want to. We just want to. It's it's perfectly fine that it keeps that it's having a hard time staying in the waiting room. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it trying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So again, just sensing that part in your throat that is really concerned about something that you say may be causing harm for someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling towards it now? How are you, Jenna, feeling towards it? It's doing its best. Mm. yeah 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 so does that feel like some compassion for it or does yeah. it feel like yeah it yeah. has good intentions mm. okay okay and so I'm wondering if you could try asking that part um how long it's been there how long it's been doing this job for you mm. how, long it's, how long it's had this concern that what you say might hurt people That's an interesting question um, because I feel like my awareness of this part mm -hmm. came into play when, <clears throat> when I started creating content mm -hmm. um, and when I, like when I started blogging, when I started posting on Instagram, which is maybe like 2015 ish mm -hmm. was when I first got into that sort of thing. And that's when I definitely became aware of it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was there in other ways mm -hmm. before that. 
but maybe there wasn't as great of a need for it to come into play because I wasn't like using my voice or stating my opinions in the same way. Mm. And I also wasn't aware of all of the ways uh, that I could potentially harm somebody. And mm. I also didn't have the capacity to like to reach as many people with the things that I had to say on a daily basis because I wasn't putting things out on the internet. Like my my voice, my opinions were limited to the people that I came in contact with on a day-to-day basis in my life. Mm, so see. it was maybe there, but just didn't have as big of a role. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, um, once again, I'm just going to ask, is that Jenna's, is that, is that the part in Jenna's throat talking to us or is that the other part that knows a lot about the part in Jenna's throat? That was, um, that was Jenna talking about the part in her throat. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, so this part seems to have been there for a while, but its job has increased in importance. Yes. In the last eight years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so I wonder, Jenna, if you could try asking the part when it first got this job to worry about how your words impact other people and see what the part in your throat says and let it respond. Around 2015. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's been with you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm wondering too, if you could also ask this part, what is it afraid will happen if it doesn't do its job? That Jenna will be a horrible person. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big fear. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this part is really, really concerned about you being a good person Uh and you being, you being perceived as a good person. Is that right? Or you being a good person. I feel like it's more about me being a good person. I think, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think the difference in like me being perceived as a good person versus me being a good person comes down to, um, there's this part of me and I'm not really clear if it's this part or a different part mm-hmm. um, that wonders if perhaps that perception of others isn't actually true. And there's really no way to know. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? It's less yeah. about like Steph thinks I'm a horrible person, but what mm-hmm. if Steph thinks I'm, it's more like Steph thinks I'm a horrible person. And what if she's right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like because stuff thinks I'm a horrible person, then it must be true. Not even or it could, must or it, it, could, could be it could be true. It could be it true. It could be true. Yes, yeah. it could be true. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of holding what this part has shared with us, this part in your throat. I'm just wondering that does does that make sense why this part would be concerned about that? Why it would be doing this job for you? Does that make sense to you, Jenna? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if you could try letting it know that that you get what it's doing. Yeah. That you understand what it's concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. How's it reacting to that? Can you tell? It's like, thank you. Mm. Mm. So it appreciates that recognition. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And how are you feeling towards it right now? Knowing what its job is and what it's trying to prevent. I appreciate it. Mm. Um, yeah. And I also, I also kind of wonder, and this is kind of a weird thing to wonder, maybe if, if everybody has a part like this, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. you know, you think about a lot of people that like, don't like, they like give zero fucks about what other people think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And maybe, maybe they, maybe they have a part. So you're feeling you're feeling some connection to others when you're considering this part. Is that what it is? I don't know if it's necessarily connection. I think it's more of like, I th- I feel like I would like to be a person that doesn't care what other people think, mm. mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't know if that is possible mm. um, because of this part, but also like maybe I don't necessarily want this part to go away entirely because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this part is also the part of me that like genuinely cares about other people and doesn't want to like lose that sense of care. Mm, mm, mm. So I think we might also be hearing from that other part too, who's kind of shifted its perspective of this part in your throat. Is that right? Maybe. Is it, is it, is it seeing a different, is this the, is the other part seeing the part in your throat through maybe a different light? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 So I wonder if you could just maybe go back to that. What I heard you say that you're feeling some appreciation for that part in your throat mm-hmm. too. Yeah. That you, Jenna, are feeling that. Yeah. 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 And I wonder if you could extend it, extend that appreciation to the part. Yeah. Yeah. And it can, it, it's receiving it. It can recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then I'm wondering too, if the part in your throat can sense that that other part of you who has has a lot of opinions about it has shifted a little bit now that it knows more about the part in yeah. your throat yeah yeah so it can sense that too mm-hmm. yeah great great and then I wonder if we could just check in with the part that had a, had some opinions and and was a little bit hesitant to let us talk to the part in your throat mm-hmm. and just see how it's feeling right now I think that part wants to be trusted a little bit more. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and wants yeah. to be allowed to speak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense to you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we can just let that part know that you understand its, its desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And can it sense that? Yes. It yeah. also wants that part in my throat to know um, mm-hmm. that it has been through some shit and has not mm. come to its um mm. thoughts and opinions lightly mm. um, okay. and has has carefully considered a lot of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so so that part that other part and where is where is that other part do you know hmm. or does it feel like I it think, has a name maybe i think it's more in my chest yeah sure Sure. Okay. So that, that other part in your chest sounds like it wants to have a little bit more dialogue with the part in your throat. Yeah. 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 How does the part in your throat feel about that? Is it interested in more dialogue? Yeah. It's a little curious. It's a little curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So because we don't have a lot of time, um, I think we'll just, we'll stop there. Yeah. But 
I just want to, before we do, I just want you to just take a minute to send some appreciation to both of the parts, the part in your chest and the part in your throat and thank them for being willing to talk to you today. Yeah. And to talk to me today and to talk to the pod, the pod yeah. audience today. Um, yeah. And to just let them both know that you have heard that they're interested in talking more to you and to one another. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And let them know that you'll check back in with them and that you're interested in helping facilitate this conversation between them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And are cool. they, they receiving that? They are. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, therapizing me on uh <laughs> On national TV or <laughs> I as I as I mentioned it go pretty deep pretty quickly. I know. So wow. So now y'all know about like how I feel every time I pick up this microphone and uh and and try to speak my truth over yeah. here. Um it's wild. It wasn't um like it's it's interesting because it's not necessarily where I thought the conversation was going to go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Not realizing that those, those things are in there. I could see how I could see two things. I could see how number one people like need somebody to guide them through that. I could see myself having a hard time mm-hmm. guiding myself through that. Like, I think you could very clearly notice that the opinionated yeah. part of me wanted to like butt in. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I didn't even recognize that that yeah. part was so, loud but i also feel like there's there's a level of like intuition mm-hmm. that comes with this do you ever find you have um like people that you're working with um in therapy that maybe you ask them like where do you feel this part and they're like i don't fucking know oh absolutely yeah so some people have have a lot of bodily awareness or have very physical expressions of parts and some people don't and so other, also other parts parts can block your awareness of your body Mm. so there can be blocking parts too right so there can be a protective part that's like it's not safe to feel sensation in your body and so Mm. we shut it it all down right and so that doesn't always people don't always have that experience and and sometimes it's words and sometimes it's like images or songs or colors or there's parts have so many ways of communicating right yeah yeah well because like I, I think about this it has to be like hard to bust through that if you're not somebody that naturally gets that because I'm going to give a, like a weird example. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm just very, um, I don't know if this is like an intuitive thing, um, but like, I will just like, I can just say things or like make a decision about something or um, th- I don't know, without like really giving much thought to it. And it feels mm-hmm. true to me. And I'm going to give you like an example. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever look at a person and are like, if they were an animal, they would be this animal. <laughs> Um, you know, that has, that has happened to me occasionally. Yes. <laughs> or, all right, here's another example. Do you ever name your cars? Uh, yes. Yes. Do you ever look uh-huh. at your car and it's like, it's gotta be this. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. car's name is Whitney. It just has to be Whitney. I don't know why. Like yeah. that is her name. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, uh, so you're talking about this, like 
connection to knowing, right? This connection to like self, right? Uh Yeah. And you're right. So like everyone has varying relationships to their self, to their self energy based off of like things that they've experienced. Right. Uh And so, and it doesn't, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's just, everyone has had different experiences. And so some people have come into a session or therapy with more of a connection to that. And some people haven't been in connection with that in a really long time. And um, yeah, so there's, there's all different ways that you can navigate that, but it, you're right. It, it can't, it, it can go faster if you do have some, some connection, but again, that's not good or bad or right or wrong. Yeah. Do you think there are some people who will like never be able to access that or mm-hmm. like need a lot of like other kinds of therapy before mm-hmm. they can start to tap into those parts? That's a great question. So that's actually one of the things that makes me the most hopeful about this model is that in all of the times that so the model has been around for 40 years Uh um, and in all of the times that anyone has ever worked with someone, they find self eventually. Right. Mm. So like, that's like a encouraging, happy ending. (laughs) Exactly. Like every, everyone has self, you just have to find it and everyone's, uh, you know, and everyone's parts are, in relationship or not in relationship with self differently. Um, but there's, there is no one. And that's like, no one, like, <laughs> like, you know, people that you think there's no way that that person has any self. They do. It's just really, really buried. <laughs> right. Oh, I feel like yeah. this is, this is so, um, I don't know. It's just like, it's exciting and it's powerful. And I think it's something that people can perhaps explore mm-hmm. if they're feeling stuck in some kind of way. Cause friends, like we used one example that feels uh, very real to me right now, which is like speaking my truth as a coach and content creator who cares deeply about um, social justice and humanity and, and not causing harm and like holds a lot of privilege and also um, has a lot of very strong opinions about things, both based in my own like knowing, but also my own experience in working with clients mm-hmm. for a long time. So like that was my example of it. But I think a lot of us have stuff like this that could potentially help us get unstuck, whether it is like, um, you know, how you relate to exercise and movement, especially navigating that all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Holy hell, I have to think about all of the people that I know that are either stuck in all or stuck in nothing mm-hmm. and having a hard time getting to that place that feels true. I think of how that can help you with like intuitive movement and tuning into your body and also intuitive eating. If that's something that you're exploring. Um, yeah. And also just tapping into like what aspects of health and wellness actually matter to you versus what you've been told you should care about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's um, uh, everything you just said. And yes, a lot for me, particularly in this, this sphere, determining what is a belief or thought that came from outside of me versus one that I hold is like Mm -hmm. a big part is a big part of me exploring my own parts. Um, Yeah. And I suspect that it is for, for a lot of people, but yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's your, you know, it's, it's safe to be in your group. It's safe to be in community. It's safe to be accepted. It can yeah. be really scary when you're out there on your own and you're trying to navigate something that feels true to you, but a lot of people don't understand or don't agree with, right? That's a, that's a really scary situation. Yeah. Um, I think about yeah. especially like to all my fellow fit pros listening, um, 
or anybody like in this sort of like wellness space where you're trying to embrace a more um, like weight inclusive model or an anti-diet model um, and stuff like that. And then you're faced with, you know, like backlash on one end from like the fitness industry, but then um, backlash on the other end, um, you know, telling you that health is not a moral obligation. And you're like, ah, what is true for me? Totally. Well, and the, the, I think that, that that brings us to a really good um, part that we can kind of end or point that we may, maybe could kind of end with is yeah. um, so I have me and all of my parts and sometimes my parts take over and like I behave from them, right. From the, from those wounds that I've, those, those hurts that I've experienced in my life, everyone around you is doing the same thing, right. Yeah. Everyone also has parts that are reacting. And so in the same way that our own parts can get stuck within inside of us and have have impasse and have conflict and conflict and back and forth that when when you're experiencing conflict with other people you're experiencing conflict with their parts mm. right and so i i kind of it's like parts are parts are parting all over that's kind of what i say it's parts like gonna part. my, my parts are gonna part your parts are gonna part and like the the more that you're able to navigate your parts the less reactive you frequently are to other people's parts. (laughs) Right. So I love this. Okay. So you mentioned off camera before we got on here and started recording um, that you're personally like booked up for new clients at the moment. You're not taking referrals right now. Um, However, how can people find somebody um, if they want to work on IFS stuff with a therapist or with a coach, like, is there a directory? Are there certain resources that you recommend that people maybe like read or listen to first? Yeah. So there are a couple of books that, and I'll, I'll make sure that Jenna shares them in the show notes. Um, there's a book, there's lots and lots of books about this. And there's also the other thing I'll just say is if you search IFS on podcasts um, or you like look for Dick Schwartz being on a podcast, there's a lot of episodes where he goes on and he does demos and, you know, he's like the, the wise the, the wise master of this model. Yeah. So um, please don't compare what I just did. <laughs> but there's one of my parts, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's one way where you can kind of just keep dipping your toe in. It's becoming more and more popular and there's a lot more um, talk about it, especially yeah. in the podcast space. Um, and then he also has two of his kind of like main books. One is An Introduction to Internal Family Systems. And then there's another book called No Bad Parts. Mm. Um, and those are both like, you as an individual could explore the model and there's exercises in there. Um, and then I know that he also has like sort of like meditations or guided exercise on insight timer that are there for mm. free. Okay. Um, so people could go there. And then the IFS Institute has uh, a directory of practitioners who okay. practice. Um, I will, I will just say it can be hard to find someone. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, like, it, this was kind of like, under the radar kind of like cult classic therapy Mm -hmm. for a while. And in the last like five to eight years has really exploded. So uh, the wait list for training is really, really long. There's like thousands of people trying to get trained. So they're trying to make this more accessible from a therapy perspective, but um, you might run into like wait lists and things like that. Oh, because I'm thinking too, like changing every day. (laughs) Who can get certified in this? Like, could I get certified in this if I wanted to? Yes. So it's coaches and clinicians um, and educators and all sorts of people can get certified. Um, And like I said, the the wait list to be certified, though, is as many thousands of people long. (laughs) So it took me like 
a year and a half to win okay. and I, to win the lottery to get into a training. So wow. um, yeah, so it took a while, but I'm in and I'm excited. And <laughs> I feel and so then, lucky to yes. have like just... <laughs> be able it's to like informally talk to you about this shit. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. And there's also, you know, there are also like um, trainings that people have on their own website. So if you find a practitioner, they might have resources that you can use again to try to like help. And like I said, there are also coaches who do this. Um, mm-hmm. So you might not be able to get it through therapy, but you might be able to get it through coaching. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> so and, fascinating. Yeah. And also, you know, you can, the other thing is, you know, when you're not going to the super deep stuff, the, the, um, the, the exiled parts of yourself or things like that, um, you know, you could try it with friends or family members too. You know, you could read an exercise aloud in one of the books to someone else and try to help them and they could try to help you. Uh-huh. So it can, it can be a lot easier to help someone else than it can be to navigate the system inside you that's often swirling that you're very used to. So um, I'm like, I want to yeah. play this with my sister now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like thinking exactly. about like, like the people in my life that wouldn't think I'm like too weird to do this. Like, let's have a slumber party and like, <laughs> let's, let's have an IFS slumber party. Is this uh... a... <laughs> I'm about to turn 40 in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, by the time this podcast airs, I might already be like, is this, is this what happens? Like we just have slumber parties and be like, okay, sit down. Yes. I'm going to buy AFSU and then we'll play the Ouija board. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, thanks for chatting stuff. We super appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Of course. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Steph as much as I did. It was so great to have her back on the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did, please make sure that you leave a five-star rating and review for this podcast, either on Apple or Spotify or wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, That's all I've got for today, friends. Have a great day. Have a great week. And we will talk soon. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so that we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.